everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Natasha Williams and Ray Harris, to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. Natasha and Ray, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having us. It's great to be back. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a lot to talk about, man. It's been a busy week, so let's get to it. Um... All right. First things first. Earlier this week, disturbing video footage went viral. Video showed a black woman being repeatedly punched in the face by a Dayton, Ohio police officer. Natasha, why don't you give us more on this story? Uh, Yeah, very disturbing story um, that we've watched play out over the last several days. It happened uh, on Monday and uh, the woman apparently upset about an order at a McDonald's in Inglewood, which is uh, very close to Dayton. Um, and uh, Butler Township police were called, and uh, she began to try to explain her story. And at some point, she's seen being repeatedly punched by one of the officers while another threatens to tase her. The video is just very disturbing. Um, and, of course, uh, public outcry. Uh, they're getting all kinds of threats to the police department, as well as uh, just people just very, very upset. I think the, the, the bigger thing is that this woman... Um, obviously was upset, um, but they seem to have the situation in control. And the question is, why was she repeatedly punched in the head, you know, over and over again with two men that basically were restraining her? Um, it, it just, it, it raises a lot of questions and it brings up a lot of really bad feelings that a video that we've seen like in recent months, in recent years, uh, just of black people, that seem to be uh, in really bad situations with police officers. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, I know you have a lot to, uh, to speak on. So let's get you. You don't, you don't want to get me started. with. I do. I do. (laughs) This just, just makes the blood boil. Yeah. Because, uh, and Natasha and myself uh, spoke about this uh, video, um, you know, in between stories. And it's just sad. The main reason because this woman says, hey, I'm a woman. What are you doing? 
One officer is, has her under control, holding both her arms, and the second officer is just, he's just wailing like, like she's an animal. Mm-hmm. And she's yelling at him to stop. The video is very disturbing. It's, it's unfortunate that uh, the situation got that far. I, I just don't, I, I, what is not to be understood, misunderstood, is the only thing they asked the woman for is her ID. So how do you go from that to an assault on a female? Inexcusable. You know, there's, there's, for me, I, so I kind of gave up way back in, that might have been 2012, Ferguson, Missouri. I saw the protests that were taking place there. And there was a video that surfaced of a police officer kicking a black woman who was pregnant, like visibly pregnant, belly and everything. Um, And she was on the ground. And, you know, that's kind of what led me to think that there's no such thing as off limits when you're black. You know, we've seen them, you know, kill black children and, of course, black men, Uh, black women. It's all the same. but, the, you know, the the more disturbing, like the twisting of the knife is that these things, you know, we see the video, we see what's happening. We realize that there's nothing that would justify that, you know, and then it being so prevalent, we realize that every single instance can't be explained away, but they certainly try to do it. And if they give a thin enough veneer of a plausible explanation it can be an outright lie, but you know, it's what the establishment wants, right? So if they can say, well, she spit on the officer and that's an assault and it didn't show up in the video because it's too grainy and too far away, or, you know, she grabbed the officer, you know, by the genitals. This is, you know, we've heard all these things before, you know, it's, it's out of the view of the camera. So you can't see that. And of course the individual in question is like, no, that never happened. Of course that didn't happen. I was, you know, restrained or I, you know, I didn't think to do that. That wasn't, that just didn't happen. Um, as long as the the public gets, you know, again, their their veneer of, of plausibility, then uh, it allows everyone to look past these instances. Now, let's switch gears for a second. Excuse me. Imagine if you see an officer punching a dog in the face. How many white folks are going to come out of the woodworks like, oh, my God, this is this is crazy. We can't have this. You know what I mean? And so um, these sorts of things continue to frame our relationship with this country, uh, at least in my view. And it, it, it further, it lets me further know exactly what it is that we need to do by making comparisons like that. Because, you know, while a dog's valuable as life, there's certainly a poetic element there suggesting is my life worth less than that of a dog's? You know what I mean? Is my, you know, dignity, is my autonomy, is my, uh, worth value on this planet worth less than that of a dog. And, uh, you know, this is a question I asked on my own show, uh, Civic Cipher. I've certainly asked it here before, but it certainly uh, reframes the scenario in people's minds and uh, kind of prevents people from jumping to the victim blaming, which is what a lot of people want to see in stories like this. So we'll wait and see what happens. But, um, you know, I just something else to I I hate to interrupt you, but something else that's going to be interesting in this particular one is that the attorney that's representing her is Michael Wright. Mm -hmm. He's also the attorney who represented John Crawford III in the Walmart shooting that happened in nearby Beaver Creek, Ohio. So, you know, this is something that this area has seen just a bit of 
uh, in recent years um, coming to the forefront of like, you know, where folks are in their, I guess, level of handling this. So it's going to be interesting because he's going to definitely drill down on the like issues that have come to the forefront here in Ohio. Well, we'll certainly circle back to this uh, police violence sort of thing um, a little bit later in the show. But uh, for now, we'll we'll keep watching this story and see what comes of it. Uh, moving on, super athlete and gold medal track star Usain Bolt is in the headlines after his attorney said that a Jamaican investment firm took over $12 million for Bolt's personal account. Uh, Ray, why don't you start us off this time? Tell us a bit more about this story. Ramses, the fastest man on the planet probably still is, uh, according to uh, Olympics officials and uh, time clocks around the world. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mr. Bolt apparently made a lot of, a lot of investments with his uh, money and also his endorsements. Uh, apparently, he says that he trusted a Jamaican investment firm with over $12 million. Now, once he went back to check on uh, this investment, the money's not there. Yeah. So now Jamaican authorities involved, uh, Usain Bolt is very upset. And of course, he has reason to be. Um, in comparison, let me point out that there is a branch of the government that watches over everyone's um, investment in banks here in the United States. Sure, uh, you, we, we see it labeled as the FDIC. I'm not 100% sure that Jamaica has an equivalent of that in Jamaica, which hopefully they do for uh, Mr. Mr. Bolt's sake. But this is something that goes on with uh, athletes, high profile celebrities, lottery winners, all the above. You, you have these, quote unquote, um, unjustified businesses and crooks basically trying to take from them. And this may be one of those cases. Hopefully, uh, Mr. Usain Bolt will get his money back and uh, uh, get back on track. But uh, it's an unfortunate incident, incident that's unfolding in the beautiful country of Jamaica. Absolutely. Natasha, your thoughts? It's tricky because the question now is, where's the money? You know, when they talk about like $12.8 million missing from an account and it's down to just $12,000, I think is what they're saying. I mean, okay, where's the money? Like Ray said, you know, I don't know what they have as far as law, financial organizations that monitor where their money is, where their investments are. But I mean, oftentimes a lot of these athletes, when they are swindled from say lawyers or agents or things like that, that have control of their money, they never see it come back. Yeah. So it will be very interesting as we kind of follow this one to see, you know, where is the money? You know, where did it go? How many people were involved? You know, he, we're mentioning a Jamaican group. Um, how big is the group? You know, how deep is it? When did he last know about the money? So it's a lot of questions out there. And, uh, Whenever it's involving money, I always get a really bad feeling, particularly when it's a large amount of money and you don't have total access to it. That's always troublesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, the, and it's it's interesting. Ray brought up a, a good point that a lot of the uh, accounts in the U.S. are uh, insured by the federal government. The issue is that in this wealthy country, our accounts are insured only up to one hundred thousand dollars, meaning that. If you have a million dollars, then 900,000 is vulnerable. Um, and so I can only imagine that in Jamaica, even if they had uh, something similar in terms of protections, um, 
that there's a good amount of that money that it'd be tough to replace if they never found it through, you know, researching and just kind of investigating it all. So um, that's a sad story, but hopefully it works out for the best. We'll keep uh, paying attention and, you know, see what comes of it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Black Information Network news anchors Natasha Williams and Ray Harris are here with us discussing this week's major stories. All right. The scandal surrounding New York Congressman George Santos keeps growing. Democratic Representative Richie Torres is now asking the Federal Election Commission to investigate Santos on their behalf that he may have broken campaign finance laws. Um, so let's get the latest on this story. Uh, let's start with you again, Natasha. Um, and then Ray will... We'll, uh, pivot what else can you say about this story i mean this guy has lied about everything you know Mm -hmm. probably right down to his shoe size Mm -hmm. um you know no one in the republican leadership is actually pushing the button to try to force him out as far as leadership is concerned of course uh 
the district where the Republicans, where he holds the seat, they're calling for him to be removed. But every second, it seems like there's something new that comes out about him that he's lied about. I mean, what will it take to get this congressman out of this position, being that the uh, leadership in the Republican Party needs him so badly, I guess, to keep going? It's really sad. I mean, I just have never, I don't think I've ever seen this amount of lies and and deceptions and just information about a person who won an elected office to actually get in and move forward. I mean, as I look at that panel with his name on it, you know, the congressman representing this particular district, it's almost sickening to think that there are, you know, people who basically work and try to do everything they can and, you know, try to get to a point where they can uh, reach a level to be a lawmaker. And this guy basically just lied his way and People knew about it from the very start when they did it, when they vetted him and still allowed him to continue to move forward. I mean, what does it say about the folks that are surrounding him that are a part of his party? What does it say about them that they knew this information? A lot of it wasn't true, but they basically just decided, well, we'll just let the, you know, let the dice roll and see what happens. Yeah. Ray, give us your thoughts. If this was a man of color. (laughs) You don't want me to go there. I do. Go ahead. <laughs> Gee whiz. If yeah. this was a man of color, first of all, he, he would have been out of the office. They would have mm-hmm. ran him out, Democrat yeah. or Republican. Mm-hmm. They would have ran him out within a couple of days after the initial allegation of service. Sure. They would have pulled him in office, asked him, hey, did you do this? Okay, you got to go. Simple as that. Yeah. But this is political posturing on behalf of the Republicans. They need that seat. Mm-hmm. That's that's all this boils down to. But I guarantee you, if he was a person of color, he would not be in that seat. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The, this this whole episode is just illustrate. This is the height of white uh, privilege, in my estimation, um, and. You know, the, I, I, the, the thing is, I want to be mad at him, but he's doing he's he's he took this page right out of Trump's playbook. He um basically just lied, you know, he, like this. This lets me further know that, you know, the Republicans, the GOP is well aware of what happened with Donald Trump. They were well aware of his business dealings. They were well aware of the fact that he was not at all honest about anything. And not only did they not hold him accountable, you know, they celebrated him for four years. And now they're using this as a blueprint. And this is why it's I believe this is at least part of the reason why it's so easy for them to turn the other way, turn a blind eye to this George Santos fellow, because he might have been their experiment of someone who, with maybe a, a slightly lower profile. Obviously, Donald Trump had a lot of celebrity going into his campaign in 2016. Um, But, you know, if this works on the ground level, too, you know, with a person like George Santos, then, you know, listen, man, we need to keep power because we need to keep things moving the way that they are, you know, and and to be fair, I recognize that they are afraid that they're living in a world that is changing out from underneath them. The numbers are shifting away. The population is is changing. And, you know, that's that's quite a height to fall from for, in white people's estimation. They don't want to be on the bottom end of a society that they created that has constantly placed black and brown people at the bottom. 
And so, you know, desperate moves like this are probably just kind of the order of the day. And fortunately, there are some people, uh, at least on the Democratic side of things, um, that still believe in honesty. I'm not going to say that Democrats are just, you know, carte blanche, honest folks. But I, I could I just couldn't see something like this flying with everyone turning a blind eye if this was a Democrat. Certainly not if this was a man of color, as you mentioned, Ray. So um, I hope this guy gets caught up. And a lot of people are saying that it will never happen because, as you mentioned, Natasha, they need the numbers in the House. But, um, you know, these sorts of things are beyond dangerous. This is this is this is not willful ignorance. This is a shared delusion that the people at the highest level, the highest order are either um, not acknowledging or actively trying to cover up so that their constituents still feel, again, that <laughs> veneer of plausibility. In fact, there's a lot of people who on the Republican side that may never even hear about this because, you know, our uh, sources of information, our news channels, et cetera, are so siloed and so um, hyper-focused on one side or the other. And uh, folks that are dug in like a tick over there on the on the right may never even hear the extent of this story and you know it's unfortunate but you know they they think that uh they're saving the country when in fact they're actively damaging the country with a laughing stock around the world because this is this is the wildest thing i've ever seen in a political um space you know and and i i share that sentiment with you uh, natasha so lastly uh at an event earlier this week Marking the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr., President Biden called for police officers to be, quote, be restrained on the practice of always shooting with deadly force, unquote. Is this a realistic goal for law enforcement con to consider? Uh, Ray, this time, let's start with you. That's a taboo situation. Um, speaking on behalf of myself and Natasha, we have been street reporters mm -hmm. um, in markets all over this country. In many cases, I have come up on stories where I have arrived before the paramedics or the police have arrived. In some cases, mm -hmm. I have seen people shot by others and shot by police. Mm -hmm. Reason why I say it's a sensitive situation. <laughs> police officers are trained to stop people. They are trained to shoot in the in the middle torso, hit the vital organs. They are not trained to shoot in the foot, in the finger, in the arm to stop a person. That's, that's just basic training in police academies all over this country and for the military as well. Now, on the other side of that, I have seen people high on drugs, mentally disabled, take five, six, seven bullets and still are coming toward or causing uh, harm in a particular situation. So it's a very uh, tense situation that uh, any police officer who has one of the hottest, hardest jobs in the world to do, when you end that situation in a split second moment, and you've got all these decisions to make. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's very tough. And it's not getting any easier. We have fentanyl that's being passed out like candy around, around all over the nation. When people take this stuff, Ramses, 
they can turn into a monster. On the flip side of that, you got bad police officers shooting innocent people, taking them out for no reason at all, because they feel that they're the grim reaper. They're, they are the law. It doesn't go to the courtroom. It stops with them. So you have good police officers, bad police officers, and you have dramatic situations. And it's unfortunate. And the reason why I say it's unfortunate, a lot of these people that are taken down are people of color who don't have a chance. People with mental illness. Drugs plague our streets. And it's an unfortunate situation. Mr. Mr. Biden, I understand what he's saying because he sees it. But what is the true answer? Do you tell officers, oh, just shoot them in the foot? Can't do that. I've I've seen the other side of that. Hmm. That's a that's an interesting um, approach to this, Natasha. Let's get your thoughts too. Yeah, it's a uh, it's tricky. Um, yeah. Coming from a family of law enforcement, mm-hmm. um, as Ray said, the training is there. You know, any academy beginning training is that you shoot for critical mass. Um, you know, you have to stop the person. Um, but uh, on the flip side, as Ray said, you know, when do we reach a point where we stop sending and some some cities have uh, police officers into situations where someone's just having a mental breakdown? Um, you know, someone's just having a, a mental moment or they're having a reaction to drugs or something like that. When do we get to the point that we no longer send police, you know, armed to the teeth? you know, to handle a situation that maybe a, a counselor should be handling or someone to try to talk this person down. Um, I, I just think we need to deal with like a, a lot of the underlying issues uh, of some of these social ills that we have in our society that are continuing to manifest um, with the killings of blacks and brown people. But um, telling these officers to, you know, just try to slow the person down that's a tough ticket. And, and I just, I don't see that happening as we continue to do these news stories day after day of um, people being shot and killed, even by uh, folks who are just visual, visual antis or, or whatever, you know, there's a case, a situation guy in um, Texas yeah. where a, a man came in trying to rob people. He shot the guy nine times and the guy had fallen to the ground. The gun was away from him, but you know, he still felt that, the guy was threatening, so he continued to pump bullets into him. So it's something that society has in his mind. You've got to stop this person by killing them. It's something that police are trained to do. So that's going to be a tough ticket. Yeah, you know, there's there's um, I, I think that you 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 kind of have the right idea um, for what for what it's worth, uh, that there's a lot of ailments in society. Um, a lot of breakdowns, failure points, if you will, before we even get to police, um, which is perhaps why the defund the police movement had its moment in the sun. Um, I was a big fan of that. And as we know, most people uh, were not the I mean, not not by a lot, but, you know, the majority. And I don't believe that that was because the idea didn't have merit. Uh, I believe that's because if you're 
again, going up against an establishment the way that it is, you know, people's impulses to kind of continue to engineer away the problem, um, especially if the problem is not on their front door. So engineering away the problem seems a little bit more uh, feasible and it's a little bit more comfortable for them than um, rebuilding in the entire system, right? And rethinking what public safety means and looks like. But I believe that Biden is not a person that really cares one way or the other. He's far above this. And so are all the people that work with him in the White House. Um, if if the voters would have wanted a defund the police, you know, a federally mandated sort of reinvestment of police funds, these billion dollar budgets in some big cities into community programs that would prevent the necessity from crimes in the first place, you know, um, you know, uh, creating jobs, um, you know, uh, programs for for teens and, and for children after school, um, housing, uh, you know, deals, deal, dealing with, um, you know, hunger dealing with just, you know, all kinds of stuff on a, on a civic level um, that are kind of the breeding grounds for a lot of crimes that end up taking place. A lot of it has to do with, with homelessness. You know, the, a lot of homeless people with mental issues are the ones that end up, you know, populating our prisons. Um, but if people had really kind of peeled back the layers and really, you know, wanted that, wanted us to rethink what policing could look like, we don't need huge police forces with tanks we're citizens. We generally are good people and we want to do okay. It's, you know, when our backs are against the wall that we're, you know, starting to get creative on how we're going to, you know, keep the lights on and pay the bills. People would have thought like that. I'm pretty confident that President Biden would have had an entirely different tune he would have been singing when he said, we don't need to defund the police. We need to fund the police. In fact, I believe he would have said the opposite. And so, you know, his, uh, his, you know, call for police to be retrained, it just feels very uh, performative, to borrow a word that I hear um, our producer Maggie always say. Um, it's just something to keep, you know, his voters in line. OK, he's still paying attention to what's going on with police. OK, we'll keep voting for him. But the fact is, is that um, these are the we've, we've had these conversations over and over again. The Panthers had these conversations. Dr. King had these conversations. Malcolm X had these conversations. And here we are in 2023 having these conversations. And the fact is, is that, you know, I've been all over the world. I've been very fortunate. There are pl places where police don't wake up in the morning and have to put a device. whose only purpose is to end the life on their hip. And they, they may need it. You know, there's other free countries around the world where they do allow guns for the citizens, but those citizens are all trained. They're insured. The police keep their guns in the trunk of the car in case they need it. It's not a ready fire aim situation. And the police are trained from the beginning. And the culture of policing is so different that police do not approach citizens like bullies, how they do in this country. People in this country don't travel, so we don't know that. Police in other countries approach citizens like what they are, civil servants, right? And so far be it from a police officer to punch a black woman in the face three times for having an argument. That's what police show up to do. Two men, one woman. That, that feels cowardly to me. And so it's very hard for me to excuse the, the actions of individual officers. Um, a little less difficult um, when I'm like, painting the entire system, but I recognize that rethinking the entirety of policing insofar as our community is concerned is really what is necessary for us to get the reform that we need if we want to stop seeing our people brutalized and killed and having their lives ruined and in being imprisoned 
And this just happens with impunity. These officers lie. These officers are deceitful. These officers are just as criminal in many instances. And for some reason, there's a culture here where we just say, well, they're the heroes in the thin blue stripe flag or whatever. And, you know, we support them without um, recognizing the actual harm and, and the stalemate that we're in, or rather the checkmate that black people are in, um, in our approach to them. But, you know, because we're just as susceptible to fear and fear mongering and media influence as everyone else, you know, even, even us, just as, as, just in the way that we were opposed to Dr. King when he was alive, you know, he had his, uh, 20% approval rating among black people. We're just as opposed to things that are in our own interest because, you know, it's hard for us to see a reality that, um, doesn't closely reflect our, our today. And, um, I, I hope that we continue to, uh, use these performative instances like this, uh, President Biden, you know, quote, and these instances of police brutality and police killings to, uh, take the time to educate ourselves and to imagine a world where we don't have to live under this tyranny <laughs> over and over again. And, and certainly don't have to raise our children because I have an eight year old in my house and I worry. So with that in mind, I'd like to thank you both <laughs> for your insight. Once again, today's guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Natasha Williams and Ray Harris. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media, and I'll be hosting another episode of Civic Cipher this weekend on a station near you. For stations, showtimes, and podcast info, check civiccipher.com. And join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information what's up y'all janice torres here and i'm austin hankwitz we're the hosts of mind the business small business success stories a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's ruby studios and intuit quickbooks join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success from finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.